Okay, we are starting 1 Peter chapter 2 today. So we're in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. And let's read verses 1 through 3. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, putting aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. For if you have tasted of the kindness of the Lord... uh, if you have tasted of the kindness of the Lord. Okay, so in, in verse 1, <clears throat> he says he says that uh, put aside, this putting aside is almost like flinging off, flinging off a, an article of, of uh, old clothing or something. He says, put aside, put aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. So he tells us what to put aside. I love the scriptures. I love the word of God because it instructs me on how to live. So when I was young, when I was a boy, I always wanted to be like my older brother. And, and uh, I was a teenager. I wanted to be like my older brother. He's just a, uh, I don't know, maybe 14 months older than me. He's 14 months older than me, but... But uh, uh, he was always bigger than me and more handsome, and he always had all the girls, and I had like nothing. And, and I wanted to be like him, and so the things that he would say, I would say, the way that he would act, I would try to act. Because I thought it had to be better than the way I would normally act myself. Why not act like him? He seems to have it all together. As believers, we have a model before us of Jesus on how to act. And I reflect upon that to this day. I reflect upon that. That how should I respond in situations? I have the perfect model in Jesus Christ. The perfect instruction in Jesus Christ. I have that. In Jesus, we have this perfect example on how to live, on how to act. What is the perfect way to respond in situations? Jesus is our model. If we will but model what he's called us to, so many good things happen. And so what he does here, what Peter does here, remember, he's now in, the, in this portion of his book where, where it, it's imperatives, it's commands. And he, he is commanding, he, he's not saying, well, I suggest you should do these things. This is, these are imperatives. These are what he is telling us to do. And it will go so much better for us if we do it. He said, put aside all malice. That's all wickedness. Put it, <clears throat> put it aside. Now, this might sound to you like really basic, but it's not. <clears throat> it's not because we all have a tendency to be wicked at times. Really. I mean, if I, if it, 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 people's hearts can turn in an instant. And he says, put aside all malice, put aside all wickedness. So this is step one. You want to reflect Jesus? You put aside wickedness. So when something starts stirring up in your heart, well, I'll get them back. Just remember, you are to put aside all wickedness, all malice. Put it aside. You live like Jesus. He is our perfect model. It is through doing this, our life will be so blessed through doing this. Jesus is our model, and this is what he puts before us. He says, put aside all malice, 
and all deceit. Do nothing, absolutely nothing deceitful, and your life will be so much better. Let me give you an example. So when I, when I started my career, I got a Mac SE, and it had one megabyte of RAM, and, and uh, I thought it was a great computer. And I put that on my desk, and my students would use it as well. That was our, my group's computer we had. The next year, I bought a Mac SE30. It had 30 megabytes of RAM, because in those days, in the late 80s, computer technology was increasing so rapidly. And so it, it went up 30-fold in one year. And I put that in the lab for the students, the Mac SE30. And, and then the next year, I got another computer, and I was buying a set of software for each computer. So I would buy, <clears throat> I would buy Word. Microsoft Word was out. There was a program that had just come out called ChemDraw. Those two programs. That was it. You, you do that, you could do anything in chemistry. In fact, before, my, before ChemDraw, we did every, you, you know, all there was was, was Word. And, and I, I used computers before there was Word. But, so I remember when Word came out. And uh, um, then other software started appearing. And I was finding software on my computers in the lab. And in those days, you, one set of software was only for one computer. And I knew that because I called Microsoft and I spoke to an, a, a physical person. You know, you'd call them and you'd speak. He said, no, one program, one computer. And then ChemDraw, one program, one computer. And so I would buy a set of software for each of the computers in the lab. And then the next year I got another computer, put it in the lab, and I'd buy a set of software for that. And my colleague once came in and he says, what's with all this software? Because it was in big boxes. I mean, you had to load all this thing up. <clears throat> And uh, it, it was before there were CDs and DVDs. Uh, yeah, it was back on floppy disks, and you'd put them in there. And so, so I said, well, I called them up. They said, one program, one computer. And computers didn't speak together in those days. So it wasn't like, like uh, 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 the computers would know. And he said, you're crazy. You can just load it on this computer. I said, but I called the company, and they said one computer, one set of software. I didn't want to be deceitful. The students would, would start getting other software, other programs, and they'd start loading it on the computers. And so we had all this, this bootlegged software on, the, on my computers. <clears throat> and I told them, take it off. If we need software, I will buy it. Don't install it on there. And then, then there, were, there were other things coming out, uh, all sorts of things for people's, people's computers. And I always said, one computer, we will buy whatever we, we have to. I don't want anything dishonest in this. And over and over again, money would pour out upon me in my research grants. And I credit Microsoft and I credit ChemDraw for being so stringent that I had to buy more of this. And when I lived according to the proper way, everything went well. I will tell my accountant, if there's any question, just, you, you, you know, give as little to the government as we have to. But if there's any question, I'd rather defer on the taxes and just give it to the government. I don't want to be doing anything wrong. He says here, you are to put aside all deceit. If you physically work to put aside all deceit, you will be greatly blessed in your life. He is teaching us how to live like Jesus. Your life will be much better if you live like Jesus. He is our perfect model. He says, put away all deceit. 
When we tell a lie, it should bother us to the point that we go back and confess. Say, you know, I, I said this yesterday, I should have said such and such, please forgive me. And just, just get on with your life. Don't let these things build up in life. This is the perfect way to live. <clears throat> then he says, and hypocrisy, put away hypocrisy. <clears throat> uh, uh, just think about our lives and uh, put away hypocrisy, he says. And he says, uh, um, and envy, this whole thing about envy. You know, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, if somebody else wins something, receives something that you feel that, boy, you, you would have loved to have that. Maybe you feel that I'm more deserving than that person. He says, rejoice for them as you would rejoice for yourself had you received that. That is an amazing way to deal with things. You know, in, in, in my line of work, there's these certain awards, national awards and international awards. And, you know, once in a while, people will put me up for these. And then I'll see people win these that when I look objectively at, you know, the, the, the standards, the number of publications, the number of impact, and I'm way ahead of them. But I didn't win. So it's very easy to go like, you know, what's going on here? You, you, you know, did they... They just chose that person because she's a woman and I'm a man. I mean, you know, you, all these things go through your mind. Or, you know, the bias against me because I'm a Christian. You know, or something. He says, you put away all envy. Put it away. And your life will be so much better. This is the way to live. This is how you live like Jesus. You put away all envy and you rejoice for them. The, my colleagues win awards and I will right away send them a letter. And I will say, I am so happy for you that you won that award. And I am. I'm happy for them that they won that award. I had my name in recently for an award. And another, another person won this award. And, and she's at a university in California. I am planning to write her a letter and congratulate her on that award. This is what I am obliged to do as a believer because I don't want envy to creep into my life. We are to work toward this. We are to work toward this. And he goes in and he says, And all slander, put away all slander. Don't speak evil of anyone. That's what he tells us. These are rules for life that will make our lives go so much better. I love the Word of God. It instructs me on how to act. This is so much better than trying to follow my brother's model. Than trying to follow the model of my brother. This is so much better. Because I see the things that have come in his life by following his own heart. And I'm so thankful that I can follow Jesus. And if anything happens because I'm following Jesus, he has better things for me. He has good things for me as I follow him. This is what he's talking about. And, and the Bible instructs us in other areas. He says in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says, Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see it as a specific act. We are not to be overcome by evil because evil can overcome us. You start thinking about that and you're like, I'm going to get him. He's not going to get away with that. Not with me. He cut me off. I cut him off. <laughs> the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How do you overcome evil? By specific acts of good. If I have a tendency to get angry and do something evil to somebody as a result, 
I am commanded now to do something good for them. You will overcome the evil by doing an act of good. I am commanded to do something for them. If they like Starbucks coffee, to buy them Starbucks and bring it to them. Find out what they like. You find out what they like. I've instructed many young people who are having trouble at work, usually with some boss or something. <clears throat> and I will say, I will say, do they like coffee? Oh yeah, they always come in with them. Find out what kind of coffee they like. I want you to bring them a cup of coffee. What happens is you change their heart toward you and you change your heart toward them. This is what happens. He says you do not, he says you overcome evil with specific acts of good. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 15 says, See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. I'm telling you, if you live your life by that principle, everybody who has any sense will like you. Never repay evil for evil to anyone, but always seek after that which is good for the other. If you seek after that which is good for the other. This is really important in relationships, really important in relationships. That this act, that this word that this action is in the other's best interest and not in my own best interest. This works tremendously in relationships. If you feel like you need something physical from this person and you are not yet married, that is not the love of God. This word, this thought, this action, if it's not in the other's best interest, it is not the love of God. It always has to be in the other's best interest. It's not about me and my own physical desires. It is in the other's best interest. And a physical relationship before marriage is never in the other's best interest. Never. It damages relationships. Over and over again, he instructs us. He teaches us. Now let's look in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So he's saying you're saved. Grow in respect to salvation. How do you grow? He says long for the pure milk of the word. Long for the pure milk of the word. I'll tell you, I love the scriptures. I have read the scriptures every day of my life for like 43 years. Every day of my life for 43 years. I love the Word of God. I love it. If I have to leave at like 4 in the morning to catch a flight, my Bible is in hand. And as soon as I sit down on that airplane, it's open. I start my day with the Bible. And I love it. I look forward. I look forward to waking up in the morning and spending time with the Lord. There's no drudgery for me in waking up in the morning. It's not like, oh. I have to get up. It's not like that for me. I long to get together with Jesus in the morning. I long for that. And He is always there with me. He's always there. I long for the the, the true milk of the Word of God. I just long for it. It just encourages me. It lifts me up. I mean, I've got passages that can lift me up. Just, Just... Amazingly, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, 
It says, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome. You know, sometimes I'm just, just all bummed out about something. I go to this verse, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome. I'll tell you, I come out of my personal, private prayer times like a roaring lion. You don't want to get in my way. I am ready to go. Yeah, I wake up tired sometimes. I wake up with a million things going through my mind. But I don't come out of my time like that. Because he changes my heart in those times. I, take, I have verses, I have passages that I can, I can meditate on that encourage me so much. So much. Generally, I'm just picking up where I left off the day before. Or I'm going through the passages that, that I'm meditating on for that week. To prepare for this Bible study, I will meditate on the Word of God, this passage, the entire week. Every day of the week, I will be meditating on the passage that I'm going to be teaching the following Sunday. Saying, Lord, speak to me. What's the message for the people? You can't get this from, from, from a, a commentary. A commentary can give you the lay of the land, what was happening at the time. But the message for the people that day, that hour, only God knows that. He knows where the hearts are. And you ask Him. The Bible says... If you ask, you will receive. We do not receive because we do not ask. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Isaiah 40, verse 27. I mean, just if, if if you can look at this passage and not be encouraged, you must be dead. I mean, this is just amazing. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I mean, how can you read that and not just like, I am ready. I am ready. Just, you know, just throw me in the MMA. I mean, I'm just ready. And, and, and uh, this passage is just encouraged me. And to me, this is, this has special meaning. Because for over 40 years, this passage has encouraged me. I used to meditate on this as an undergraduate in college. So think about that. When I look at this, there's history in my life. There's this, this, I'm capturing history. I remember instances on my knees, pouring over my Bible, over this passage. And God lifting me up. In graduate school, we had physical chemistry exams every Wednesday. I mean, that's like torture. I mean, just torture. Physical chemistry, physical organic chemistry exams every Wednesday. And I used to just look at this, for, and God would just lift me up. God just lift me up. And it, when I read this, I remember how God delivered me. I got through physical organic chemistry. I got through it. And he says... 
He gives strength to the weary. I mean, so many times in my life I've been weary. As an under, you know, undergraduates have a hard life. It's hard when you start getting those exams piled on, and the, like it's like professors just coordinate to have busy weeks. Just let's just let's get them this week. Let's everybody have to do, and and it, it's just he gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Lord, I need this. I need this. You see, this is the pure milk of the Word of God encouraging us. This is pure milk. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Lord, increase my power this day. I am so weary. Lord, increase my power. He says, Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Do you see how this takes on new meaning as I get older? I mean, those books that are out on that table, two boxes of books, I carry them individually from the trunk of my car and I left them at the bottom of the steps. And then I came up here and I told one young guy, I said, would you grab those books at the bottom of the steps and get them up here? And he came up here just carrying the two, bo- two boxes together. I used to be able to do that. I don't do that anymore because I'm going to hurt my back. And and, uh, and it says, Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. You know, you see how this takes on new meaning for me. As I get older, it takes on new meaning for me. The richness of God's Word. It says, They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired, and they will walk and not become weary. I remember <clears throat> instructing my children in our morning family prayer times. And I would stand on the couch, and I'd be like an eagle, and I'd jump from this couch to this. Shreena's like, just come on. It's early in the morning. And the kids are loving it. <clears throat> the kids just loved it. And I would act this thing out, you know, this eagle jumping. And I said, you see how strong I am? Look how the Lord has made me this morning. And I'd be reading this verse to them. It goes back in my mind to these times of instructing my kids when they were little in the Word of God. These words become a treasure for us, an absolute treasure. This is the pure milk of the Word of God. He says, he says uh, um, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the Word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Every morning, Shireen sends out a, verse of, uh, a, a passage of encouragement to the family, to, to me and to, to my children. And you just take that passage. I don't know how she has all of these things in her pocket. I mean, just take that passage. You meditate on that. And you're like, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm set for the day. Just by meditating on a portion. You take a portion like this out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 through 31. You meditate on that for 15 minutes. I'm telling you, you you're ready for the fight of the day. It will change your whole perspective. This is the... I think we've got to mute somebody here, Mike. We, we, we gotta, this is the pure milk of the Word of God that we've got to be able to, to, to take hold of. And then he says, he says uh, uh, so that you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. If you are saved, you've already tasted the kindness of the Lord. You've tasted of His kindness if you are saved. And once you've tasted of His kindness, I want you to take hold. Take hold that you've tasted of His kindness. He saved you. Now you take hold of the pure milk of the Word of God. Your life will change. I'm going to turn off my alarm because I have an alarm set here to remind me. And I'm going to close in prayer and then I'm going to invite my sister-in-law up to share with us. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word, the truth of it. I pray that you get hold of these young people's hearts this day, that they would learn to pick up the word of God, and it would be to them like pure, true milk, that they would learn to love your word, that they would be so encouraged by the word of God, by meditation on the word of God. Lord, I pray that you cause them to have the pure milk of the word of God. Lord, do that, I pray, that they'd be able to take hold of the word of God, do a great thing in their lives. And Father, for those who do not know you, Lord, I pray that they could taste and see that the Lord is good, taste of his kindness, and so then learn from your word. And I commit them to you. And Lord, I pray that you'd remember Lethe as she has this pierced eardrum. Remember her, I pray, and give her victory in the name of Jesus. Amen.